Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I have on the on the squad Ray, Dr. Ray Pritchard, and Fred Jackson has gone back to his office to be replaced by Steve Jordahl. Wait a minute. A part of the squad now? Oh, not that squad. <laughs> oh. That squad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Glad uh, to be here. The left has <laughs> stolen all the good words. That's right. So, uh, all right. Hey, your my favorite tie that you have. There you go. So good. I have one. Do you? Uh, I have one just like. Did that. you buy one after I, you saw? No, I, I've had it. I think I had it longer. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I don't ever see you wear it. I don't wear ties. Well, then what's the point of having it? <laughs> well, I used to wear ties before COVID, and then we've relaxed our, our dress code here, and you're the, one of the only ones who wears a tie. I know. Work. I remember sitting around the the conference table with Tim at one point when um, he, we the ministry somehow decided for, uh, for a short time that you couldn't have untucked shirts yes and you were wearing your hawaiian shirt untucked at the time <laughs> it was like oops <laughs> <laughs> well we we now allow untucked yes. shirts well if they are designed well, you have to them. be you yeah. have to be in business <laughs> you know did i tell you uh what happened at focus when i worked at focus on the family how they changed their dress code when i started at focus it was uh, shirt and tie every yeah. every day oh wow yeah. um and down, it, I started there in 2002. Over the next couple of years, as Focus uh, people started being invited on talk shows or like on Fox or on CNN right. or whatever, it turned out that they, the, the normal dress for that kind of an appearance is a shirt with no tie and a jacket, right? So when Focus figured out that they had to dress down to get on national television, they said, "Well, maybe we're just overdoing it a little bit." So, but not you. You're still wearing. I actually, for a long time, did not wear a tie at Focus. After I, I had to wear a tie, and then when I didn't, I yeah, but stopped. Yeah, all right, all right. So uh, let's get some real news. Some real news. Um, Have you guys uh, had enough of the Biden balloon blunder yet? No. Please bring us some more. <laughs> well, the press is starting to ask questions now about the Biden balloon blunder. And one of the questions that they're asking, what we found out is that there have been several balloons from China that have come across these uh, the fruited plains of the United States. And uh, even during the Trump administration, although no one really knew about them during the Trump administration, it's kind of hard for the... Uh, the Biden White House to answer those questions because it doesn't make Trump look bad for one, and they can't say anything that doesn't look make him look bad, and it does kind of make look, make uh, Joe Biden look a little bit bad. Nothing makes him look worse though than his press secretary. Hmm. You got that right. I got to tell you, uh, feels you almost feel sorry for the gal, but Corinne uh, Jean Pierre was asked about the Biden balloon blunder. And this was her response, cut four. How is it possible that this administration discovered um, at least three previous balloons that flew over the U.S. under the previous administration, but Trump officials didn't know it was happening? Yeah, so look, I think that, uh, and we've talked about this before, about how um, uh, 
when it um, when the PRC government surveillance balloons trans uh, trans trans transited uh, the continental U.S. briefly at least three times, as you just mentioned during the president's uh, prior administration, and once that we know of the beginning of this administration's, uh, but never for this duration of time, as we know, uh, this information was discovered prior to the admin administration uh, left. Uh, but uh, the intelligence community, as I said, is prepared to give uh, give uh, briefings to key officials. Uh, but this is something. Uh, this is something. Sorry, post. Yeah. But this is something that we we they did not they were not aware of as as we've just laid out. All right, and maps and such. Uh, Ray, that's you're clear now. Okay, <laughs> try to diagram that sentence. Try to find a subject and a verb in that sentence. What a oh, what a mess! What was she saying, Ed? Well, l listen, that's what they what they call jokingly call a word salad, and she's become the queen of salads. Mm. Maybe not as I don't know. Maybe uh, Kamala Harris and Corinne Jean Pierre are probably running neck and neck in terms of the two people in the Biden administration who can spend the most time saying the least. In terms of what can be understood. Well, now that you mention it, Ed, if she's supposed to represent the president, she's doing it really well. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I do need to include know? the president. I do right, need to include right. the president on that. I know, but I mean, if she's just supposed to be kind of his voice to the world, she's being his voice to the world. That's exactly wow. like he sounds. You know, the the the, the thing is, <laughs> you know, the that thing. was the press secretary. Yeah, you know the thing. <laughs> that was the press secretary, and we've had some good press secretaries in the past, even Jen Psaki wasn't. Now she didn't. She didn't say a whole lot, but she said it well. What she did say uh, but was it Kaylee uh, McEnany, who was uh, she was Trump one of them. Boy, she had the binders uh, and had prepped for every one of those encounters with the press. I get the impression that Corinne Jean Pierre does not prep and does not prepare because that. That that incident, this incident with the with the spy balloon from China that they claim is a weather balloon. Who could have seen that question coming though? Yes, Ed? right, exactly. How she would should. Anybody, how would how you did, know? was she not prepared <laughs> for questions about that? Because she stumble bummed her way to a non-answer that didn't even sound like. Sometimes you can have a political person give an answer that sounds like an answer, even though it doesn't actually say anything. That's not what we just heard. That was that was very that was pathetic, and she is proving herself to be incompetent. She is in over her, over her head. I would say just like Kamala Harris uh, and Joe Biden. So, all right that that was that was sad. What else you got? Uh, let's. I want you to hear a little bit from uh, um, Representative Lauren Boebert from Colorado. And uh, she's kind of the real deal. Uh, I have some, I found some audio of her at a women's conference at a church. And uh, she's having a little fun with them. But um, she kind of has the sound of someone who knows what she's talking about. I just wanted to play a little bit of this. Cut 11. And God said that he was the provider. I know that Jesus said that, he, that we would be blessed. But I just don't know about this month. And Jesus is right there at the table with you. Sam, what kind of conversation is this? Why are you talking like this and why are you sad? Jesus, don't you know? We're out of money. COVID's hit. They shut everything down. 
Joe Biden's president. We don't know what to do, Lord. It's all right. We pray for our presidents. Uh, you know, it says, let his days be few and another take his office. <laughs> That's why I filed articles of impeachment for Joe Biden. <laughs> Unfortunately, he does have a really great insurance policy named Kamala Harris. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the, the left is losing its mind on Twitter, by the way, thinking that she just called for him to be to die, which... She didn't. I mean, no. She said, "Let his days be in, in be office." Few. Yeah, in office, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, listen. Anytime, anytime someone's going to quote scripture, the left is going to lose its mind. That's <laughs> true. Especially and they're going to twist. They're going to oh twist the words. So, you know, I, I I don't know much about her. I do know she's very outspoken, and sometimes she's a, let's just say a little too blunt. And for me, you have to be way out there to be for me to think you're a little too blunt. But she apparently, Ray. Uh, Seems to know the, the scriptures, uh, at least in that from that short clip. Uh, she's not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking that her uh, favorite book of the Bible is not Galateans, uh, like uh, <laughs> two was Corinthians. That, was that Barack, Barack Obama? <laughs> Galateans or two Corinthians? Yeah. Uh, well, so, the, the, you know, the first part of that quote really was, uh, or that little clip there was very good. I mean, biblically very sound about. Lord, what are we going to do? COVID, Joe Biden's in the white. I mean, that's true for for every situation. We we come to moments. The last part. Well, uh, you know, I pray for the president. Period. For God to bless him and guide him. And yes, I certainly would hope to have uh, someone else in the White House as soon as possible. I'll leave the details of that into the Lord's <laughs> hand. I agree with you about Lauren Boebert. She's a she is a conservative. But uh, sometimes she's a little too, uh, a little too out there for me too. Yeah. So uh, uh, listen, uh, we we are to pray for those who are in authority. Mm-hmm. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Uh, and it was during a time, I believe, Ray. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think maybe when when Nero was the emperor, right? And, right. And so if, if <laughs> so, you pray the murderous pervert right? Nero. Was yeah. So pray that his days are. <laughs> I don't want to tie. It's, I, look, it's not wrong to pray right. for righteousness to prevail in the land. It is not wrong to pray, Lord. If if it's not in your will to change his heart, then then give us somebody else right. in this person's place. It's right. not wrong to do that, and then say, Lord, let your plan be fulfilled and let your will be done. Yeah. David and, had a lot of imprecatory prayers. Uh-huh. Is that uh-huh. uh, are are we not supposed to are those out of bounds for us? It well, is certainly right. There's quite a debate about that. We can right. we get yeah. 30 minutes on that. I'm actually on the side of saying the spirit of the imprecatory prayers is perfectly fine for a Christian to pray. Um it's all I think about the attitude, but if you are praying for God's holiness to be upheld and God's justice to be established on this earth, yeah, the bad guys are are going to get theirs. In the end, the bad guys are going to get theirs. If you read the Psalms, if you read the book of Revelation, uh, it's not just all happy days in the end. The wicked are going to be punished forever in the in the lake that burns with fire. That's part of the Bible. You can't get away with that. Can't get away from that. And it's not wrong to pray that uh, when we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, that's part of what we're praying. Let your justice be established on the earth. 
Amen. All right. Yeah. Let's move along. What else you got? All right. I want to introduce you to a priest in England who's part of the Church of England. Now, the Church of England is the overseeing of the Episcopal Church here. We know where the Episcopal Church in this country has gone, and it's not necessarily uh, biblically uh, biblical in its direction. But uh, over in England, uh, Sam Musgrave, he's a priest in Warwickshire, England, and uh, he has been reported to the police by his archbishop, the archbishop, the archbishop of Coventry, Christopher Coxworth. And why? Because he had some social media that upheld biblical values. And that is, he said, I promised to stand against the sexualization of children. Uh, and I feel that there's a genuine issue here. I also raised the issue about queer theory. I raised the issue about the sexualization of children and pride, and that we really need to address it. Uh, my motive is to call the church and bishop to stand up for biblical teaching, the canons of the church, not endorse sin or send messages that harm people by suggesting God agrees with an agenda that is incompatible with Christianity. Pride is the nation's next Jimmy Seville, which is a, a local quote, um, he was, was a sex offender there. So, but that's illegal. Apparently hate speech is what they call that. Adhering to biblical authority is hate speech in England. And you could be charged with it. And his bishop called the police on him for, for, for tweeting that out. Well, the, 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 the majority of the leadership of the Church of England and the Episcopal Church here are reprobates. Okay, they 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 uh, are of, of a depraved mind, and they do not believe the Bible, and they promote ungodliness. Now, there are a lot of conservative Anglicans in this country. There are Bible believing people still in the Episcopal Church and in the Church of England and the Anglican Church worldwide, with the exception of the West. All right, the Episcopal Church here, the Church of England, I think is what it's called in Canada. Uh, but in Africa, for example, those Anglican churches are Bible-believing. Yeah. And they they have acted like salt and light in the worldwide Anglican communion, uh, preventing the the Church of England probably from going down uh, to hell itself for a long time, fighting the direction of it. But they are, those are Bible-believing, and those are prospering churches, Anglican churches, uh, in Africa and other, elsewhere, Asia and American, Latin America. American Anglican churches, the Anglican Church of North America, a lot of those churches have put themselves under bishops in Africa yes. and, right. and conservative bishops, right. uh, just kind of bypassing the whole uh, Archbishop of Canterbury right. thing. Yeah, so, uh, Ray, I, I tell you, to, to have a bishop call the police, and you can, you will, you can be arrested— for hate speech, okay, using air quotes, even defending the Bible, okay, and for to have a bishop call the police on this priest because this priest stood for biblical values is abhorrent. Well, this is what an apostate church looks like. Right. This is what happens when a church has given up on the Bible, they've given up on the Word of God, they've given up on the gospel as the only hope, and they have they have married themselves to the spirit of this age. They have become apostate means to have fallen away, to have fallen right. away from the truth. So this is what happens in an apostate church. 
you have bishops turning in their own people because they simply were standing up for what the Bible says. It's an awful thing. I, I'm afraid, guys, we're going to see more of this, not just in England. I think we're going to see that here in the U.S. as well. Well, there's several denominations which have kind of started trending this way, Ray, as, as you know. Um, the, is this the winnowing of the church that the Bible talks about before the Lord's return? 100%. Look, in, we've said this before. In the last days, and friends, we are in the last days. Don't kid yourselves about it. Every, <laughs> everything, everything is lining up just the way the Bible said. And in the last days, Steve, there's going to be no place to run and no place to hide. Everybody's going to take a stand. Nobody can sit on the fence. In the last days, all the fence sitters are going to get pushed off one way or the other. Make sure, friends, you get pushed off in the right way, on the side of Jesus Christ, on the side of the Word of God, on the side of uh, standing for the truth of the Word of God. The church is going to be winnowed out. There's going to be a separation, if you will, between the wheat and the tares. We're going to find out who really wants to stand with Jesus. As, as the Benham brothers like to say, Following Jesus seems like fun until you find out where he's going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's that's, And you know what? In in the first century, the early church, uh, in the ministry of Jesus, he said, I did not come to bring peace. Uh, I came to bring a sword. And even families would be divided. And that is going to include church families. And my only shock, I'll I'll be honest, as you're talking about... uh, uh, Ray, I don't think anybody who's read the Bible misunderstood what the Bible teaches it will be like at the end. But I right. will say this. The one thing that has surprised me is I did not expect this issue of human sexuality, transgenderism, as to be one of the main points that were going to divide people. I, I just I didn't see that coming. I thought it would be something about the divinity of Christ and you know, those kind of things, is is Christianity true? But I didn't see homosexuality being one of the issues that God uses to separate the weak. You may remember, Ed, Steve, 100 years ago when we had the the fundamentalist, right. modernist controversy. That was an argument about theology. Right. Is the Bible the word of God? Was Jesus really born of a virgin, and does it even matter? Did Jesus really die for the sins of the world, and did he really rise from the dead? And is he coming back again? I mean, and is it true that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yes, uh, yes, 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 all the way through, right? That was the issue 100 years ago. You do not hear so many arguments about that here in the 21st century. It's about what we might call ethics, sexual ethics, gay marriage, right. transgender movement, and I guess, guys, the thing that concerns me so much is I see a lot of weakness in our own. <clears throat> I don't want to throw too many bricks at the Episcopal Church or the Church of England. I see way too much weakness inside the evangelical yes. movement over these very questions of sexual ethics. And so God bless every pastor who will take a stand. God bless every church that will take a stand because it's going to be increasingly unpopular as we rush headlong toward the return of Christ. It's going to be increasingly unpopular 
increasingly difficult to find pastors and Christian leaders who will take a stand. Well, so that's where, I mean, Ed, that's where the battlefield is today. Are we going to stand for marriage? Are we going to stand for right. sexual purity? Are we going to stand against the transgender movement? This is where the attack is coming. I, I, I Listen, how many of us were shocked? And I'm, I'm saying, no, we weren't really shocked. But Amy Grant, okay, one of the Probably one of the most uh, well-known Christian, quote-unquote, celebrities. An iconic. Icon. Okay? Coming out and and really has been for for many years in support of the homosexual movement within the confines of Christianity. Right. All right? Was it – who who was it – I can't remember the singer's name. Was it – I don't want to say just – because I can't remember, but who said a couple of years ago, I don't know, uh, I don't know how God feels about homosexuality. When when you find out, tell me. You remember this, the singer? Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, so the, the well-known people thinking they're doing the right thing. This is the spirit of Antichrist, thinking they're doing the right thing, but being deluded by doctrines of demons, okay, and influencing other people to do the same. Uh, it's it's tragic, but God, okay, Lauren. Okay, Lauren, Lauren Daigle? Daigle. I think it was Lauren Daigle. But I, I, uh, thank you, Brent. If you're wrong, thank you, Brent. <laughs> so uh, anyway, th- th- we are seeing a separation, and um, folks, you got to stay close to God. You got to be in the Word, believe it as it speaks it, and <clears throat> attend churches that are going to teach the Word of God without apology and without fear, without intimidation, lest you also be deluded by the darkness. Let, me, let me just throw in something, Ed, that you said without apology. That's a really good phrase. Friends, never apologize for God's Word. Never apologize for God's Word. If God gave it, it's true. Uh, look, do we understand every single syllable in the Bible? No, no. I'm reading through it this year, right. and I've already come to stuff I don't completely understand, okay, but I am not going to apologize for it. And especially the whole question of sexual ethics, God has spoken, friends, and he did not stutter. His will for men and women is perfectly clear. You can understand it. You can read it. So, friends, I will say this. Once we start backtracking and apologizing for the Bible, we are on the slippery slope toward compromise. Yep. All right, Steve, if if you don't have something to close us out, I, I'll I'll preach a little bit more. Well, I, I don't know if we have – do we have 46 seconds we can play this? Eggs are in high demand, and uh, Nick Freitas, who's a delegate at in Virginia, has a, a solution if you want to go buy eggs in the black market. Cut 10. All right, city folk, listen up. Uh, We understand that there are certain items from poultry that have gotten really expensive, and you may be looking to buy some on the side, and that's great. We can hook you up, but understand something. You don't go rolling up to the first coop you see in the countryside and just say, I would like to buy a dozen eggs. That's not how it works. We don't call them that out here. They're called sea seeds. And don't be asking for things like a dozen eggs because the cops know exactly what you mean when you say a dozen of something out here. No, no, no. You can buy singles. You can buy unos. You can buy a straight six. You can buy a disciple pack, a double disciple pack. We will hook you up. But don't just come up and hand me cash like you've never done this before, all right? You put it in an envelope. You drop the envelope on the ground. I'm going to nod in the direction of a brown paper bag that might contain your sea seeds. We're going to pick up our respective items and go our separate ways. So that's how it works. Get it right. <laughs> I like that. Sea seeds, chicken seeds, <laughs> eggs. All right, folks. Good. 
Ray, thank you. Steve, you thank you. My pleasure. Our thanks to Fred Jackson, Frank Turek, Mark Houck. Folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of Today's Issues. Lord willing, we will see you tomorrow.